Hello, my name is Stephen Smith, the owner of 3Pi Squared, and this is the ABA Business Leaders Podcast. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our membership program. 3Pi Squared has helped over 700 ABA practices start up and expand. Our membership has over 45 hours of content from experts in the fields of law, accounting, diversity and inclusion, childhood development, mindfulness, business development, HIPAA compliance, marketing and branding, billing, and more. We also have discounts on things like our 3Pi Squared handbooks, professional liability insurance, background checks, HIPAA compliant email, contacts, calendars, and cloud storage. The membership also includes 33 CEUs, live Ask Us Anything events where you can come on and ask your questions as you're going through the program. And in our app, you can also add anonymous questions and get your answers. To learn more about the membership, please go to our website, www.3pisquared.com and click on ABA Business Leaders. And now let's get to the episode. Hello, everyone watching. Some of you will be listening later. Uh, Today we are talking uh, about my book. Uh, You can buy the physical copy on my website, www.3pisquared.com, or you can search Essential List on Apple iBooks. Um, and you can download it there um, if, if you want to. Uh, but it's a book on how to start your ABA practice. Um, we've helped over 700 ABA practices all over the country start and expand. Um, so we're just going to do a quick presentation today on the essential lesson how to start. And feel free to uh, type any questions into comments um and i'll keep an eye on comments if anybody has any questions or comments as we go along absolutely okay so we are going to be going over the essential list so the first thing you're going to do is come up with a name so we we want a unique name i do recommend at this point to avoid uh puzzle pieces now our company was corner piece uh, and our logo logo was a corner piece. A blue of a, corner. A, a, blue, a blue corner piece. <laughs> Which just was about 12 years ago that we yes. came up with this. Yes. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's time, right? It's time to move on from the puzzle piece, like, for many reasons. But we want it to be unique. That's the biggest thing here. We're not getting into any of the mm-hmm. reasons why the puzzle piece. Or, it's just we want it to be unique. So... That, that's really the biggest reason. And then as you're coming up with your name, we want to see if we can get the .com uh, version of the domain. So, you know, do Google search, get GoDaddy or, um, you know, whatever domain you're going, a domain uh, company you're going to use, but let's do the search. So, you know, if you're coming up with apple.com apple is going to be your name you can't do apple but like we want to see if apple.com is available right um we dot com is still really important so we want we want to use dot com if at all possible 
So that that's the first step is coming up with your name. Unique, positive, avoid numbers is what I've been told. So don't do three pi squared. <laughs> Learn from us. Has, so uh, questions even yes. like should you include like ABA therapy somewhere within your name or like because I know when we started our company way back when it was like Corner Piece LLC and then we had like this like little heading underneath ABA therapy and consultation. It wasn't like legally part of the name, but it was like the little descriptor underneath that. And we tried like, like, is it necessary? Like if you have like a fun name, like, you know, learning for fun or something like yes. that. I don't know. Um, is it important to tag that like it's for ABA therapy? No, I mean, you could use that as your slogan, right? Mm -hmm. ABA therapy and consultation or whatever you want to do. So I would not put that in your name just because along with unique, we want to keep it short because right. if you're like corner piece, ABA therapy and consultation. And, you know, and then we're putting this in our website. It's mm -hmm. like, how many ends were in the name? How, how, right. how, what was it? Was it consultation and, or was it, you know, ABA and consultation or was it consultation and ABA? Right. So keep it, yeah, keep it simple, small name as possible. Avoid numbers again. Now, if you do use numbers in your name, then we should try to get both so three as in three pi squared, the number three, uh, but we should also grab three as in T-H-R-E-E, -E, pi squared.com if we can. So that way, if a customer doesn't know, is it the number three or is it the word three, at least you can redirect it oh, so okay. it goes to the right website, yeah. right? Because if you don't grab both and they go to the wrong website and now it's a broken link, they're gonna avoid you and they're gonna go to somebody else, right? Unless they really, really wanna go with you. But if you're a new company and they don't know you, this can be a barrier to getting clients. So try to get both of them if you can, if you're gonna use numbers. But again, our marketing people say avoid numbers, uh, just again, for confusion, right? And then in the domain name, again, we're kinda going long here and we've got a long list. Uh, but avoid hyphens in the domain name. We really want like cornerpiece.com if we could get it as an example. Does that make sense? Yep. All right, so once we have the name, then we can do our tax ID and an LLC. I believe that you wanna get your LLC. I know in our membership program, we go through it in the right order. I always get these two confused, but I think you wanna do your LLC in your state first because that is more than likely where it's gonna get kicked back by a name. Um, so you wanna make sure that your name works in, in your state and then get your tax ID uh, because if you put your tax ID in with your company name and then it gets kicked back at the state level, then it's gonna be like, okay, now we have to redo our tax ID with our new name. So we wanna make sure that we get our LLC first. Um, and then you may need a PLLC and this is state dependent. And then the other thing that you wanna check out as you have your tax ID and your LLC is um, get any state, county, city, business licenses that you need uh, for your state. Um, and, and this is again where a local accountant comes in uh, in play and we do highly recommend having a local accountant um, because you know we did this you know, where 
we had county taxes that we had to pay and when we started we didn't know we should have known but we didn't and so we went a couple of years without paying those county taxes and then you know, there's interest and penalties and so like a local accountant would just know this right they at least they should know this um where someone from another state may not know it um and they may have to do some research so i do recommend a local accountant you're gonna want a bank account, so a business bank account. We do not wanna intermingle business funds with our personal funds, so getting a business bank account is a good idea. And typically, wherever you get your bank account, whether it's a credit union or a national bank or whatever, uh, they're gonna have a merchant account now, most of them do. So this is where you can accept credit cards and you know, cause you, you may be dealing with credit cards or you may be dealing with like um, health, uh, health accounts, right? And so having a merchant account is a good idea. So we, we wanna get that as quickly as possible. So we have those. And then the other thing you may want on the account side is like a business credit card. So not that we endorse this company or not, we, uh, but a Capital One, like their credit cards are amazing um, just because they give so much cash back. So I think we get 2% cash back. So if you're spending a lot of money, especially at the start, right, where you're getting equipment and computers and all this stuff, Getting that cash back is really nice. So um, having having a business credit card is a good idea. Uh, a Duns and Bradstreet number or a Duns number is also a good idea. If you're doing any volume purchasing programs, some SSL certs for websites require a Duns and Bradstreet number. Um, so this is free. Uh, you just go to Duns and Bradstreet dot com i believe and you get a number it probably takes about five business days or you could do it the way i did it which was i didn't know i needed it until i needed it and then i had to pay for it so they do have an expedite where you can get it in like 24 hours uh, but it's like 75 bucks so get it now when you don't need it um and then you have it when you do they can also help with like company credit so um, and, and they have a lot of helpful tools on their website. So this is a good idea, even if you're not gonna need it for an SSL cert or a volume purchasing program. Uh, it's just a good idea to have it um, because if you can avoid using your own personal credit on your company, uh, you know, it's just better. And then we already talked about uh, an accountant and an attorney, like super important, right? Like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, it's don't, like do yeah, don't do necessary. this. Don't do this. Don't do this. If you're not going to uh, if you're not willing to get an accountant and an attorney, just don't do it. Well, just, you don't have to have someone on staff. No, 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 no. Consult with of someone. course, of yeah. course. Yes. But like an accountant, again, a local accountant, don't do your own taxes. You know, like an accountant is going to be able to help you with like, especially if you're in home office. Right. They're going to be able to help you expense off uh, like in-home office and lights and utilities and you know, know, things like, like that. Don't know, like all the details yeah. that yeah, it's just, you don't, you know, don't need to take the time exactly. to waste to research that yes. because we're going to be working on other pieces. <laughs> yes. so. That are way yeah. more important. They're just way more important and in your skill set, right? So let's avoid that. And then an attorney, again, don't do, do don't do what we did, right? And so we didn't get an attorney, and See then the theme here. like uh, four years into it, right? Like we were going to take a vacation, and we were going to the Outer Banks, and it was gonna 
you got a pool and a nice little like house right and then um you know it was like midnight on saturday we were doing google searches for an attorney because we had an employee issue and it's like do you want to spend a vacation doing that or do you just want to have them already just already have someone on retainer, on retainer. so that you can just yes. pop over a question and now attorneys <laughs> like you know the the other thing is how much is this going to cost right and so attorneys it depends on which attorney you get right but having at least an employment attorney legal shield is a great and cost effective way to do this but um you can also go to your there like again not a commercial yes and not like uh <laughs> But you can go to your board, your 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 state's uh, like attorney board association, mm-hmm. and for like 50, 60 bucks, typically you can ask a question on there, right. and then only attorneys in that field of expertise will reach out to you. And this is a really good way to start like the interviewing process, right? So again, doing this now versus when you need them. Somebody, I don't remember what group it was or who told me this, but like you never need an employment attorney a week from now, right? The only time you need an employment attorney is this immediate minute, right? Like, uh, so having them again, like you said, on retainer, a good idea. It's just, it's not even worth or waiting. I already know, yeah. Already Who you know, know. yeah. Right. Having you someone. Work, having an idea that, yes. at least. Like just doing your work up front so that you mm-hmm. already have that. You're mm-hmm. like, kind of picture like the old school Rolodex, you yes. know, that you yes. saw, you know, be yes. like, okay, oh, I have an attorney for that. <laughs> yes. 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 And and so just, you know, again, the interview process, this is something I get asked a lot, like, what questions should I ask? I mean, the biggest thing is, can you ask this person questions without, like, condescending tone or you feel comfortable asking them questions? Because if you don't feel comfortable asking your attorney questions, then maybe you should pick another attorney email and fax so we have our domain because we did it with our name right so we should have professional email as well it's a good idea it just makes you look like you got it together um, and all of your insurance applications are going to need an email address anyway uh, and we're gonna we're gonna need HIPAA compliant email so we might as well do that now now this is a commercial but we do have a discount on email so if you use our coupon code in our membership you can get five percent off HIPAA compliant email contacts calendars and cloud storage so uh, that's something that you may want to do there um, and then you're gonna need a fax some um, in in network applications require a fax yeah. still and in, in we're in 2022 right um but like so you you well still need a fax so this may be for submitting like uh, treatment plans or assessments or well, getting authorizations even, there's a particular payer that even if you just want to get someone on the phone and talk mm, to them that's they, right. they fax you, you like a pin fax. number <laughs> and then you have to use that pin yes. number like somehow to get like you like a fax. like wait yes. in line like so, getting a number that you might get <laughs> <laughs> so anyway fax isn't needed and we want hipaa compliant fax so Faxtone um, is a great place, but there are many different uh, HIPAA compliant facts. But faxtone.com, they'll give you a fax number and then it gets linked to your email. So then you just email the PDF to the fax number and then you'll receive faxes through your email. So it's just, it's not another app, right? You just get it through your email and that can be easier at times. And then you just pay a certain amount per 
uh, sheet. So, you know, if your fax is 20 pages, then, you know, I don't know, it's pennies, right? Now, if you're having to fax like uh, a, <laughs> a recoupment audit, audit, that can get expensive. So you may want to avoid that and see if you can mail it or something other than faxing because that can get expensive. Trust us. We know. Um, so, you know, now you're faxing and it's like a, <laughs> it's like $100 to fax this thing. That's ridiculous. So you may want to avoid something like that. Uh, a business phone. And, and, you know, you can use your cell phone number if you want. But if you want privacy, you may want to avoid that. And this is more for employees than anything else, right? So if you have a disgruntled employee that you have to fire and they know your personal phone number, eh, that's not so cool. Yeah, and there's lots of, lots of technology and, um, like, systems now where you... It's not even like you have to carry around a couple of phones, right? right? Like you right. can use like like Google Voice or something mm-hmm. like any other like type of like service that you can just get a separate business number. Yep. So Microsoft. We, we has... also did that with like our staff. Mm-hmm. Like we gave our staff, like our clinicians, like their own work number. Mm-hmm. So they weren't having to give clients their own personal, personal number, number too. Yes, so yes. that would kind of all kind of work together there. Yep. So Google Voice is great, right? But again, uh, if a free account is fine, but if yeah, it's, it's HIPAA, HIPAA compliant, so, so we need to worry about that. So, you know, Microsoft, also 365, you can add a phone number there, right? So there are many options, but again, if we're giving this out to clients and they're going to be putting personal information, personal health information on the phone, then we need to make sure it's HIPAA compliant. So if it's a regular telecommunication company, like... AT&T or T-Mobile, we don't have to worry about HIPAA, but if we're if we're using like VOIP, so this is Google Voice or Teams, then we do need to make sure that it is HIPAA compliant because it's saved on like a hard drive somewhere, gotcha. right? And so that's that's where you're going to run into issues. Um Getting a P.O. box, this is something that I wish we would have done, you know, years ago, um, especially if you have a home office. So, right. And then, right, because then you're not publicized, like, you're giving everyone your home address. <laughs> yes. Now, you do still need a physical address for these applications, right? right? But if you have your billing, um, so this would be the, the, what you would put on your bills to your clients. Right. This would be what you would send your funders uh, for, for your checks, if, if you're getting checks. Then at least it's going to somewhere where you know it's going to be consistently. So if you do leave your home, if you move or you add a clinic... Um, then you don't have to worry about the payments having an issue because that was something that we ran into with the funders when we moved to the clinic after doing Mm in-home. Like, I changed the billing address, and that was a mistake. Now, Mm -hmm. we are still in the same home, so technically we could have just left our billing address our home, and that would have done us a lot of good uh, because, you know, we still get checks going to our old clinic Um, from funders and we've changed this address what three years ago so you know sometimes they'll send it to the right address and sometimes they don't and that's a problem if it's money right yeah so like hindsight looking back it's like oh it would have been nice just to have a PO box just keep it standard yep Throughout the whole process Correct. as we're moving to different offices or, you know. Or you're adding an or office. Or you're adding an yeah, office. Yeah. And um, so then your bill, too, is just consistent. It's not yeah. going to one particular office. It's just going to a P.O. box. Because that's one thing. Just a little heads up if anyone has changed their address. Expect a delay in payment yes. um, up to three to six months. And it's not necessarily timely payment on the insurance end. Mm. It's just a getting lost in the in the 
functions of the mail change. <laughs> and then this is a common mistake on credentialing. So you're gonna have a type one if you're a BCBA already, but the type two is where a lot of people just make a mistake. Um, so, you know, having a type two is your group NPI. So, uh, it, it, like, here's a good scenario is like, okay, Steven, I'm just, I'm going to create a company, but it's just going to be me. I'm not going to hire anyone. I'm just going to take on a few cases. It's not going to be that big. And then what happens a lot in that scenario is like six months later, they're emailing me or calling me and saying, Hey, just hire my first BCBA. And it's like, Ugh. so the problem you're going to run into is that they, you can't credential them under your type one NPI. It has to be under a type two. So when we get into this situation, we're re-credentialing, right? So we're having to re-credential our company. You're getting re-credentialed. And the big issue here, other than the time that it's going to take is if you have rate negotiated during this time, you may lose that. And so that's the biggest reason why I highly recommend a type two. Now, the other big reason is if you're going to sell your company, which I assume eventually you're going to want to do it, even if it is small, having it tied to a type two NPI where it's a group versus your your NPI means that they don't have to re-credential. You could s literally sell your type two NPI along with the company. And so then they don't have to re-credential and they get again to keep those rates. So those rates now become a bargaining chip in your sale, right? So as you say, so I hear like type one is like just your one person. Your individual. And the type two is your, is group. your group. So like, so am I hearing that the best thing to do is to do a type two no matter what. No matter what. Like if you're like, oh, there is no way. Yep. It's always going to be me. Doesn't I never matter. want to have staff, whatever. You want a type two. Because even if you do never have staff, what if you do want to sell? Correct. Or what if, yeah. Okay. Yep. Or if you change your mind and you yes. decide. So type yep. two is the type best two. way to go. Always, always. Doesn't matter. Just get a type two. It's free. It's going to take about, you know, maybe three business days. Uh, to, to do this okay. and we're waiting six months for credentialing to go through anyway. Right. So what's three days, right? So would you so, ever, would you ever get both? Well, you, you are going to have a type so one. So if you get a type two, uh, a type one automatically. No, so you it? have a type two or a type one just because you're a provider. So a BCBA, a BCABA, even text now will get mm -hmm. a type True. one individual right. NPI. So those are all type one. Yes. And, and then, then type two is your group. Is your group. Yeah. So if you get a type, so get both. Get both. Yes. <laughs> And so, like, you know, again, it, you want to add speech, OT, PT, right? You're going to need a group. You're going to need a group. So okay. just, like, don't, please don't. Like, this is, again, this is a, a, a mistake. Quick, yes, like, just that, a quick, thing to yeah, knock off the so list quick. and it's so quick. make it easier yeah. all the way and, around. And, again, just, like, save yourself some time. As we right? tell our son, your future self will be appreciative <laughs> yes, of, of the choice you made. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and then, you know, we're going to need insurance. So there are so many different types of insurance. This isn't credentialing. This isn't submitting applications. This is, like... You need professional liability insurance. You're probably going to want general liability insurance. And with general, you want to make sure that it follows you. So especially in home. So is it just covering my physical office? You know, if somebody slips and falls or if someone slips and falls at the home I'm working at, will it cover it? So that's a question you want to ask your insurance provider. Cyber insurance at this point is really important. Mm -hmm. So if you're hacked... 
You want to have some cyber insurance, sexual abuse uh, insurance is, I would highly recommend it. Non-owned auto. So if you have techs that are driving to and from home, we want to get non-owned auto insurance. This uh, will require you to, you know, get their driver record, right? So that's part of it. You'll need it or the, the insurance company probably won't allow you to have it. Uh, workers comp, you're going to need workers comp. Uh, health insurance is something that you may not need, uh, but it's probably something that you want to look at. California, I'm pretty sure you need health insurance now. Yeah, um, I was about to ask, is that a state specific? It is state specific because uh, like, especially when you're starting out, like if there's one or two employees, most states won't allow you to get health insurance. You need a bigger group. So you need, I believe, three. Some states, I think North Carolina, you only need one person. Virginia, I I think you need three. So it just depends. We get our health insurance through Simply Insured. So simplyinsured.com. Again, this isn't a sales pitch, but like they cover a lot of different states and they have tons of plans. So they have Optum, Kaiser, they've got Aetna, they've got Blue Cross Blue Shield. Like all the major players. Yeah, so it's a really great place and they'll quote it and then you can check what plans you want. You can offer multiple plans. So you can have like, you know, the Uber plan that maybe you get, but then your employees, maybe they can't afford the Uber plan, but they can get like the bronze plan, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can still give them insurance, but at a a, a price that they may be able to afford. And then you may also want to consider umbrella insurance. So this is, you know, I I was uh, on Facebook today um, and someone was considering um, transporting clients and their insurance covered a million dollars of per occurrence. Now the problem is, is like if something terrible happens and you're transporting a client two years old and they die in an accident that is your company's fault, a million dollars, probably not going to cover it, right? They may sue and win two, five, ten million dollars. And so your insurance is going to cover a million and then the rest of it is on you. And this is a terrible situation. And this isn't even including was the employee hurt? Was there other damage to other cars? Right. And so this can get really expensive. And so this is where an umbrella plan, they're relatively inexpensive and you can get like five, $10 million. And so this is, oh, another insurance didn't cover it now I have my umbrella come in and take over and cover the rest of it or until it's maximum limits. So, you know, for a couple of hundred bucks, um, this may really be an effective way to limit uh, your risk here. So I would check out umbrella. It's similar to general, right? So it's not super expensive because you're probably not going to use it. Uh, but if you need it, it's there. So I, I would recommend checking that out. And and normally you can get all of these bundled together, except for maybe workers comp. But and so that can also decrease the cost uh, when you're putting these together. And then this is like like the biggest mistake that I see happen often when you're credentialing. So we're, we're before we credential. We need to update your CAQH. So every one of you are going to have one. And so. There are some issues around CAQH. So a lot of companies will um, control the provider CAQH. 
So there are two issues that you run into with CAQH. So the first one is getting your CAQH. So if you have never heard of this, then your, your current employer probably is controlling your CAQH. It's something that you're supposed to reattest to every six months. And this is your number. It is not a company number. This is your individual number. Uh, I can't remember that, what the acronym stands for. Yeah, I have no idea. It's something about healthcare. Something about quality, quality healthcare. Health. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember what it stands for anymore. Uh, but um, you're you're gonna need this on your applications. So what has happened? Um, I, I it's only happened to me once while I was consulting. Um, a um, a BCBA needed their CAQH. The company uh, controlled it. Uh, so they went ahead and they reset the password and they got control of it. At that point, company is going to know because they're going to get an email to the original email saying, hey, the email's been changed and your password's been changed. Did you do this or did somebody else do this, right? So at that point, somebody's going to know within the company uh, that this has been changed. And there are only a couple of reasons why you would ever update your CAQH if you have never updated it before. Uh, one, you're getting a new job, or two, you're starting your own company. So they're gonna know something's up, right? Especially if you've never done this in five years or 10 years. Well, you have to, well, I don't know about that because you have to, I mean, I update my CAQH normally not until I get the reminder that says, oh, you need to update your CAQH, your your time, you know, your six months is almost out or whatever. And then you go in, you check all your information. You're Mm -hmm. like, yep, correct, correct, correct. But sometimes for whatever reason, I do have to update it because they've gotten something wrong. I don't know how it gets wrong. Um, But I'm like, oh, no, that's not, I'm not at that address. Remember, I changed Mm -hmm. this address Mm -hmm. or whatever. So I like, I will verify. And sometimes that does mean updating. No, no, no. But the thing is, is how we we did it differently. So we gave our employees the, we educated our employees and gave them their CAQHs along with yours. So I guess I just assumed that's what everyone does. No, No. so most, like I'll do, I shouldn't say most but there are a lot of companies that will create your CAQH. So let's say you're a tech and then you become a BCBA, now you need a CAQH. Mm-hmm. So they will create your CAQH for you and control it. Oh, okay. And so they'll give it to like an admin person. Right, because, yeah. because what, you, what, have, you need your CAQH updated so that the payers like correct. can check in on that. And, and so a lot, like some of these companies are like, I don't want to chase around BCBAs that are never going to reattest. Right. So they'll get their admin People person. People like me that are waiting yeah. for, the, for <laughs> yes. the email update. Yes. So they'll get an admin person to like control it with a password and email, and then they'll reattest. They'll upload so the So they just do it as part of the admin stuff, just yes. to kind of help keep things running Correct. So, But the problem with that is when the BCBA wants control. But it really belongs to the BCBA. It, it should does. belong to the BCBA. Correct. So what we did. Yeah. So what we did is. When like because some of our our new hires they didn't even know they had a CAQH right and so they didn't know they had a CAQH until we asked them for it because we needed to put it on their application for credentialing. So what we did is then we told them don't even use your work email address on your CAQH. Use your personal because this is your number. It's right. not ours. That way it can we have no, you no business. Where you go. Yeah, we have no business controlling it. We have no business knowing it other than we need to know, especially during the application process, that you have updated it with our information. So so in this scenario where this person did not have their CAQH 
uh, the employer found out because they changed the email and they changed the password and they immediately terminated them because they didn't want competition in their area. So they, mm. so this is a possibility of happening. I, I just, and so when I'm consulting with someone mm -hmm. that, and, and I ask them, do you have your CAQH? And they're like, mm, what is that? then I let them know that this is a possibility. It's only happened once. Well, I mean, it sounds like it's, it's not even like, oh, let's think about the worst case scenario, although that's there. But it's like, this is your, this belongs to it you. Belongs it should be your you. responsibility. Yes. I don't know. Like, I know you're not an attorney, but like, yes. it like, do you, would that be something you would consider like your right as an employee, as a BCBA to, if your company controls the CAQH, could you be like, I would, I would like to, I would like to like manage my own CAQH. Yeah, I mean, anyone listening to this, so there, there are going to be two people listening to this. Business owners, please give your employees their CAQH number. <laughs> and then number two, if you are an employee, yeah, ask for your CAQH now and just say, look, this is my number. It belongs to me. I want it. And and then just reattest when they need you to reattest so that, so that your in-network application goes through and everyone's happy. But yes, this is your so number. Yes, <laughs> this is your number. It belongs to you and it goes with you when you leave that company. So it's yours. And so a, a company has no business controlling that. But it does happen quite often. I can understand. I can understand both sides. So, so like, I, in I, a helpful manner. Yes. Yeah. So I recommend if you do not control your CAQH and you're going to have to go through this process that, that we're running out of time. Like we we'll haven't even a, gotten halfway through. We'll do a part so, two. Yeah, so we'll have to do a part two. <laughs> but like, if you do need your CAQH, that I do recommend just talking to your employer if you have that relationship where you feel comfortable doing it. Oh, so I mean, just saying, hey, yeah. look, I, I'm I'm considering starting my own company. It's going to take me six to nine months to credential. I'm not leaving anytime soon. Even when I do credential, I want to start slow, whatever, right? But having that conversation, and I will tell you, this has happened twice, where I got an email after someone has bought the membership and said, Stephen, I had the conversation. I got a huge raise. I'm not going to start my own company. Now. Oh, really? So that is the more likely scenario that will happen in this in this situation right. is right. that you'll be like, hey, I want my CAQH because I'm starting my own company. And they'll be like, please don't leave. Just I'll, I'll, whatever, whatever I can do to keep you. So, you know, or the other really likely scenario is they're like, oh, wow, I didn't know you wanted to start your own company. How can I help? Right. right. But again, I, I do like to just let everyone know being as transparent it's as possible there. that it is yeah. possible because I've heard it happening and it's happened to one of my customers where they were terminated because they wanted their yeah. CAQH. That's it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's it's sad. Right. Especially because it's your number. It's not the company's number. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's another good thing, like that your future year will thank you for yes, it. Yes, <laughs> is yes. that, you know, just go ahead and take responsibility yes. for that. So like part um, of the business I, leaders membership, I, I, I harp on this along with right negotiation. But like <laughs> just give your employees when you start your company, just please give your employees their CAQH number and educate it. them on. This. I mean, I joke about like me, like, you know, waiting to, you know, reattest, right? Yes. Like, and it is. So, you know. But there are options where you can have multiple people on your account. 
and oh, one so of them can, can be the Rhea tester. Like yes, absolutely. So you don't have to control it like yeah. this scenario, yeah. right? Right. Let's like so, all work together. Yes. <laughs> yes. As a beautiful team. Yes, as a beautiful <laughs> team. Yes. What do we have next? Background checks. Background so checks. you're going to need background checks and Now, does and that something that, application. sorry to interrupt no, you, no is that ahead. something that's also state-specific? <laughs> well, it's funder-specific, actually. Funder-specific. Yes. And, and it is also state-specific. Okay. So some funders require a specific background check. I'm talking about you, TRICARE. I'm not knocking TRICARE, but they do have a specific, specific background check that you need to do. So, And then other funders, they don't particularly care as long as you do a background check. Well, I know there were some when we were trying to figure out like what kind of we mm-hmm. became a network with a new insurance that we hadn't well it was our before. local county that was very okay. specific yeah and so then, in their contract they required a fingerprint check right but the one i'm talking about like they didn't they were like whatever you would whatever you would do for like a child care or something Correct. and we're like well what's that right, <laughs> you know? right. so sometimes so this is. is where it's state specific okay. right so if they don't spell it out in their contract then you need to make sure that you're following your state so Typically, so would that be like a health? I yeah, mean, I mean, yeah. not a, it, it, excuse me, not health. Um, uh, employment uh, attorney would that? Yeah, be they can help. Them? But the thing is, is that the vast majority of states are gonna like we're working with kids, right? Yeah. So the vast majority of them are gonna require a fingerprint check. Okay. So uh, I don't know any states off the top of my head that do not require a fingerprint check when you're working with children. But there may be some. So, but I mean, that I, might I, be most I do, stringent, I do right? recommend getting fingerprint checks. And, ev- again, every state does this differently. A great starting point, because I get asked this all the time, is where do I start, is go to your local police department and just say, hey, I, I'm pretty sure that I need fingerprint checks uh, done for my employees because we work with children. Um, so how do we start that process? And they, they're pretty helpful. And yeah, I remember when we started our company yeah. and they... Uh, we found out this process and mm-hmm. we're like, yeah, okay. And then we found this, like it was a local, but yet smaller yep. police department. Yep. And uh, we were sending, cause we were, we were, we were growing fast and we were hiring and you know, things were going great. We were sending everybody to get, and I think we yes. inundated them <laughs> yes. with like, and yes, they were so like, okay, we, we can no longer do yes. these free. Cause they, I think they were doing them for us for free Correct. at the time. They're first, like, yeah, yes. no, you're yeah. going to have to and make an appointment go, and we're going to And we had to go you. through the, like the state <laughs> office. Yeah. 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 So, and then getting a network is the next step. So we've we've got our type one. Well, first we've got our tax ID, our LLC. We got updated CAQH. We got our type one and type two NPIs. We have our professional liability insurance. All of this stuff you have is your done. Name. Yes, we have our name. <laughs> Everything is done. Now we are getting a network. And so, you know, a lot of people will ask, well, hold on. What about our business plan? And what about our service agreement? And what about our paperwork? Nope. Let's we're gonna hold off on that for a day, and we're gonna we're gonna put our network applications in because it's gonna take six to nine months. Yeah. So this is the bottleneck. So if you spend five months perfecting your policies and procedures, and you know having your service agreement, getting the perfect business plan in place, right. we're just wasting You're time. You're just gonna have to wait another. We're just six gonna have to months. wait for another <laughs> six months. So let's do this first. Um, so we submit our in-network applications. Another question I get on this all the time is, which ones do I go and network with? And my response is typically, mm, I don't know. Uh, so it's going to be state and local. It's very local, right? And so a good example of this was with your company, right? It was like, we have a Microsoft office that's really close by to us. If we were 20 miles west, probably would not have gotten in network with Blue Cross Blue Shield Premier of Microsoft. 
right? right? But because of where our location was, we did, uh, and oh. we got quite a few clients right. from there. And we live in an area with um, a lot of military families right. too. So Tricare so, might be yeah. on your list. So a, a really good place to go is developmental pediatrician websites because they're going to be you know, diagnosing the children. So who do they accept? So, and this again is where you start the networking, not the in-network process, but the networking to get referrals. Yeah. You go to the developmental pediatrician and you say, what a coincidence, we're on the same networks, right? And so how, how do you start those processes? Even too, I wonder, like if you're not already, you know, a multidisciplinary team working mm -hmm. with OT and yep. speech and PT, would those also Perfect. be... Yep. Great ones to like, because yep. normally people have that on their on their website, yep. right? Like yep. we, you know, we're a network with, or yep. you know. and then other ABA providers is also, yeah. you know, and if you do have a good working relationship with your current employer, you can ask them. And the better question to ask in that moment in time is, who are you not in network with, and why? Right. True. Because that may be because they delay payments or because their network rates are terrible. Right. So it I mean, just depends. Just be an yes. area of need that's not being addressed. Correct. Or because you know, because I know once you kind of get going with a certain you know group of payers that like and you're moving along, like mm -hmm. it's. You really? may be fine without more. Yeah, you yes. don't even really think about, oh, let yes. me also get a network with these couple of uh -huh. But I do recommend diversifying whatever you yes. do because someone is always going to be on your hate list, right? Like, I so. feel like at least like three. And it's not even about like, like it's not <laughs> no, even it about the hate. <laughs> but no, it, it is like it seems to cycle yes. for whatever reason. Like let's yes. say one of the pairs like changed something in their procedure. Yes. They're just like kind of glitch things a little yes. bit or change things like to no one's fault necessarily but like and they're like okay well this was running smoothly now we're getting a little delay here but thank goodness these other two guys are like running you know it's yes. like so with like three like you at least kind of could get things keep things moving yep yep so like three four five like they're yeah. like and then submitting the applications like i i recommend submitting as many as you want right and then getting the contracts doing your budget, seeing if they make sense, right? Um, and, and that's really the key is, are these rates good enough to be financially successful? Well, um, and, and since we're already over and going to have to do a part two, yeah. I'll just add in some clinical piece here. Mm -hmm. So like even like thinking about it clinically, like in network, like thinking about like treatment plans and like the assessment process, all of those pieces, as we were growing and accepting more payers mm -hmm. and becoming in network i was like stop steven <laughs> I, I it's enough it's enough insurances sure. right it's enough pay like it's enough like you're like we're getting too many and i can't keep up with who wants right. what so we compromised we also like kind of decided of like a certain number that we were going to stick with and 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 get this under control before we became in network with anyone else but we spent some time and we like really researched and, and figured out like what each insurance needed. Sure. And, you know, for um, their processes and what was necessary for their session summary notes and for the, for the treatment plans and all of that. And then we just combined it into one yes. big template. So no matter which insurance that we were, we were like, providing information for we still have one template that covered everything now mm. we might have to do a different cover sheet sure. or things like that for some, of, some the of the treatment ones. plans they have their own some specific are like, treatment plans, some are so. yeah but still all the information we had mm -hmm. in our mm -hmm. one would like piece into that and fit into that quite well right. 
Um, and so just like a side note clinically, because I know that can feel overwhelming, especially as you start getting into it and recognizing that, wow, even knowing what I need to do once I'm in network or as I'm getting a network for like the clinical piece of things mm-hmm. to set all of that up. And then while you're waiting to be credentialed, that's one of the projects you can work on. Policies and procedures. So so as soon as we submit our applications, now we're working on policies and procedures. So this is the business plan, the service agreement, right? Operation agreement, especially if you're a partnership, right? So like if it's two BCBAs working together or whatever, um, it's like, okay, what if there's an, a disagreement and you can't figure out what you're gonna, how you're gonna move forward? How is the decision made, right? So we want to figure this out. Again, especially with partners, we want to figure this out while we're all still happy, right? And not figuring this out when there is that disagreement because then you're not going to agree. So like having those systems in place before, how do we dissolve the company, right? Things like this if we need to. So having that in place and then policies and procedures, this is when we do it. So getting our client intake in place, getting our employee handbook in place, our HIPAA compliance policies, our state privacy laws, continuous improvement, our emergency response, our sanctions policy, all of this stuff. Now we're building this out, right? Split shift law is another one. And then, you know, so having making sure that we have all of our policies in place so that as soon as those in-network applications go mm-hmm. through, we can start hiring, we can start taking on clients and things yeah. like that, right? So this is this is the time to do the policies and right. procedures. And part of those procedures, like just kind of throwing a little clinical piece in here and like, what assessments are we going to use? What assessments do we need? What materials do we like, you know, even if you're like not going to supply materials for the entire staff, but like, which I recommend doing, Mm -hmm. but if you like, what do we need? What are the bare bones we need to perform these assessments once we get in network and start? Cause once you're in network, it's you, gonna start like, yeah. it, it's just it's gonna, it's gonna be yeah. so quick and you're gonna be excited about all these new yep. and your policies and procedures may still need tweaking as Correct. you actually start using them yep. um and and so like going ahead and having that set up within one of your procedures is going to be a really big help mm-hmm. and then you know when when you have these policies and procedures in place it's uh, then we have to update them right oh, so yeah. it's making yeah. sure that we're updating them for state have a and regular regular yes. schedule yes. on, on mm-hmm. keeping up with that mm-hmm. stuff and then the other thing on policies and procedures is we need labor law posters so oh, yeah. um you know that's something that you want to get and have uh somewhere right you got to post them somewhere so whether that's in cloud storage so everyone has access to them or if you have office space where employees come then we're going to want employee posters we need them they are required um and then with the policies and procedures this is where we we help right and so you know once we've submitted those in-network applications and even before then if you figure out who you're getting in network with there are some that require in-network audits. Mm-hmm. So it's Optum and Kaiser, Magellan, and, and Medicaid's typically require in-network audits. So you know you submit your application and then maybe a month or two later, they're emailing you and saying, okay, here's the audit form. Where are all your policies and the evidence that goes with this? So our handbooks, sales pitch, Um, are are built to pass these in-network audits. So we have passed hundreds of Optum audits. We have passed hundreds of Kaiser audits. So these things are built to pass these audits. And then the other thing that I sometimes hear as well, 
Hey, if they require an in-network audit, I'm not getting a network with them. The problem with that is while they may not require an in-network audit, they still require that you are following this stuff. So it's not like they're saying, oh, you don't have to follow HIPAA. Don't worry about it. Right. No, they're the, just not the, actively they're checking and not at actively that checking. time to get so, a network. Yeah. So you, when you sign that contract, you're still saying, yeah, I will adhere to all federal and state regulations. Right. And so that is HIPAA, right? That That is, you know, infectious disease. That is OSHA, right? So these are things that you are still required to follow. And then we need office space. So whether you start off in a home office or you get a clinic, um, you know, we need to make sure that we're doing what we need to. So, uh, you know, we need an enclosed space. Again, HIPAA, right? Some of these in-network audits, they may come to your home. It's happened yeah, to us. Yeah, and you need a door on your that office. Locks. Yes. That locks. Like, you know, like if you have um, like a little office nook in your kitchen, um, unfortunately, if you were to have an in-home audit like that, that wouldn't work. You would need to actually have it like make a bedroom into like, mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. closet, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever that has a door that can lock. Correct. And then uh, and then we want to know how to expense that off again. Yeah. Accountant comes into yeah. play. Right. And then with like an office space where I, we can't get into it, we don't have enough time. I know we don't. Uh, but like, you know, we want to make sure this is a big one. Is is, is it zoned right? So, yeah. you know, before you sign the lease, you want to go to your business department in your county and make sure you can actually have a clinic in that space. So is it zoned correctly for what I want to do? Because that would suck yeah. if you signed a lease. The landlord's yeah. probably not going to let you yeah. out of it. So, you know, you're spending $5,000 yeah. a month and you can't even use yeah. the space. Because for a minute there, we thought ours, when we got our yes. first clinic, we thought it was zoned industrial. Yes. Yes. Oops. And it was like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> like, uh, so I was quite, luckily, I was we quite were, anxious yes. there for a little bit. Yes. Actually, it worked out. Yeah. But yeah. And then again, we need to follow HIPAA. So we, if you can put it in your lease where the landlord just cannot come in unannounced. Uh, that they have to give you a certain amount of time frame and they have to do it while you're there. Right. Uh, those are good things. We also put in ours that they had to be willing to sign in and out of our visitor's log Correct. so that we can yeah. have like a, yes. a record of yes. them. So Just those, like are, other, those are good. Other and there are lots of other things that we talk about on home office, uh, like office space. Yeah. Sorry, we cannot get into it. Uh, and then branding. So... You know, again, this is where we can help, but a logo, business cards, brochures, websites, social media, you want signage. We want to do this with consistent visuals. So we want to use the same fonts. We want to use the same colors. We want to be consistent with this stuff. Um, And then, you know, when you create this stuff, then you may want to trademark it. Uh, But again, we want to be consistent. We want to have a color palette. We want to have fonts that we use. We want to have certain sizes that we accept. And and we want this looking consistent because if if it looks different on my Facebook page and my Instagram page and my website even looks different, uh, then the problem is, is your customers won't know. They'll be confused. confused. And again, this... We want to create trust, and so branding consistent visual on your brand is how you create trust. It's, it's really important. It's really the first thing that they're going to see. And then a marketing plan. We need marketing. Uh, we want to focus on local marketing, uh, but we also want to have a plan on online marketing. Uh, and so we need KPI. So we want key performance indicators. We want to know what we're using and which ones are effective. So we need some system in place. Again, we can help with that. 
uh, but that's something that you definitely want to consider. Job website. So you're going to need a job site account. Um, hey, that's something we do. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we have ethical clinical careers. This is our new job platform. It is free to post jobs and it is ABA specific. So go on. I believe we have 180 different um, career seekers on there now for both the, uh... RBTs and um, what what are you? What's that? What's what's the website for that? Ethicalclinicalcareers.com. So again, post a job on there for free. You can post three for free every month. Uh, and then there is also the ability to chat with people that do not apply to your job. So that is something uh, that you may want to consider. Um, and again, this is ABA specific. Uh, we might make it through this actually. Um, yeah, just just push it. Yeah, just push them through. So supplies, right? Yeah. So here's some supplies you're probably gonna run into. So computers, phones. Uh, are they mobile? Like, so are we gonna be mobile? Or are we gonna use desktop computers? So laptops. Gonna need a printer. Gonna need paper, folders, dividers, laminators. That's a Velcro. big one. Yes. <laughs> and then you may want filing cabinets, obviously pens and binders, hole punches. And then you know we're getting into clinical supplies. So you know assessment kits, right? Do we need Vineland? Like you said, we need to figure out. Do we need Ables or Afols or VB Map or whatever other. Look at you, Mr. Assessment mm, Knowledge Man. <laughs> I, I have some, uh, I can say the words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we want to figure out which assessment kits we need because again, like you said, April, like we don't want they can hold to, you up. yeah, absolutely. We, we just don't want to be waiting for this stuff after our applications have been approved and our contracts are in place. <laughs> uh, training. So there are going to be some required trainings and this is something you have to pay for required training. Now you can leave a comment and say, no, you don't, Stephen, but you do. Okay. I, I've talked to enough attorneys, require training. You, oh, like you, mean you, pay, like you have to pay your you staff to, pay your to staff. attend yeah, so these trainings. You have to pay them their hourly rate. Is and you have to pay states? them. Is that yes, a federal? This is a federal thing. So you have to pay them for the training. So you have to pay like an example of this would be CPR first aid. Mm -hmm. um, and we can get into that scenario. You would have to pay for the CPR and first aid, and then you would have to pay them for their time. So um, what is a required training? So typically this is going to be funder driven. So mm -hmm. they or most state? funder. Yeah, it could be. But most of this is going to be funder because most funders require that you have CPR and first aid training. Most uh, funders require that you do some kind of HIPAA training. Some funders require that you do cultural competency training. Right. Uh, some funders require that you do fire and evacuation training um, and then board requirements. Yeah. So RBT training. Um, I believe the board recommends or maybe they require BCBAs uh, know how to bill now. I think that's I, part of the ethics. I'm not sure if that if that is in effect yet. I think or 2022. It's about to. Is it, is it so. 2022 already? It is 2022. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that that would be considered a yeah. uh, required training. So uh, if it is required by state, fed, or funder, or your board license, then you do you are required to pay your staff for those. Uh, so this is a fed thing. Uh, again, I I've been debated on this many times, and I've been told that this is not true. And so you know what, you do you, man. But I've talked to too many attorneys, and and they they all tell me the same thing I mean, that that it's required. And so why wouldn't you? I mean, and in my humble opinion. Mm -hmm. 
take care of your staff. Yes. And, and the other question I'll get on this is like, okay, Stephen, fine. Um, <laughs> it's required. I agree with you. But can I just get them to do it before I hire them? So the scenario here uh... is I'll get them to get their CPR and first aid training. Oh, so they can pay for it. And then RBT training. So I'll get them to do their own RBT training so I don't have to pay for it and I don't have to pay them for it. The problem is, is this is a terrible way. This is a terrible first impression. I mean, I get it, right? I, I get it. I can get both sides. I get it. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive, especially if you have no guarantee this person's going to stay gonna on and work yeah. out for you. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but maybe you have a little more chance of them staying on and working yeah. out for you if you start out that re- working relationship Correct. with like that respect in the beginning yes. of respect of their time. And, and I mean, personally, I like to be involved in the RBT training of right. our newbies, of our new staff, yes. like as much as possible so that we can, um, you know, help them. Tailor it. Because it could be super, it could be super overwhelming. Yes. We had a couple of people who um, just in the last couple of years, like they started going through the RBT program and they were doing like the online version, but we were also supporting them. Yes. This was the midst of COVID. And, and they were like, wow, this is really overwhelming. It's, you know, if you're especially you're new to the field. Sure. So we like sat down and had study sessions with them and right. helped them to learn it. Yes. So I think, yes, I it's get it. It's bonding. expensive, but it really, the payoff yes. could be good. Yes. It's, 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 it's treat your staff well. Yes. Yeah. So this is a really uh, like, in, in the scheme of expenses, when we're talking about turnover and we talk about turnover, you can wa- listen to that podcast if you want. Um, uh, like an average RBT is about $8,000 if you lose them. So like like in the scheme of things, CPR first aid is not on, on the top 10 list of, of, of expenses that I'm going to lose. Yeah. So I, yeah. I just, yeah, just pay it, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no judgment. Just I, I highly I mean, recommend. I yeah, it's yeah. just treat. I yeah, it. I agree. Treat your staff well and there's a better chance you're going to stay. And then consultants, there are many different types of the consultants, me being one of them. Um, but like HIPAA consultants, again, we talked about attorneys, but you may want designers, you may want marketing consultants, HR consultants. So there are many different types of consultants um, and, and you may want to have them in your back pocket because again, while they can be expensive, it can save a lot of time and headache. Um, and so having interviewed some of these people ahead of time can save you time and then they they may um, uh, make you uh, more successful and make less mistakes, so it may be worthwhile doing it's it. Part of the learning. And then, like, dude, too. you may just want a day off, right? <laughs> and you may just not want to work ninety hours a week, right? right? So these consultants may just give you some you time. Know, it's a whole other podcast, but like, <laughs> you know, what's aligned with your values and where right. do you want to spend your time right. and what do you enjoy doing right. versus, or what do you really want to learn more about? So I'm sure. going to take on this marketing thing because sure. I really want to, I've always want to learn more about marketing. So I'm going to take this one on, maybe meet with a consultant, but I'll yep. take this one on. Yep. It's just all about where do you want to spend your time? Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah. And then last one, so we made it through, is apps. So there are going to be lots of different applications, payroll apps, practice management, data collection, cloud storage, scheduling, clearinghouses, uh, electronic intakes. All of these need to be HIPAA compliant, right? So we need to make sure that we have business associates agreements in place. Um, so how do you get a business? Like, do you just like reach out? I mean, I kind of the answer, but yes. you just reach out to the people, and say, "Hey, and yeah, they, yeah, yeah." So if you read, like, if you go on and and you're you're gonna purchase a cloud storage application, right? It, 
do you have a business associate agreement? If the answer to that is no, we don't, then they're not. So, uh, so we need to avoid them if, if at all possible, right? There are many applications out there now that are HIPAA compliant. They'll sign a business associate agreement. Um, and then, you know, we just have to have, have those in place. And also with your, your, consultants so a lot of times we'll get attorneys that say well i don't need to sign a business associate agreement we have uh, attorney client privilege that is not true uh do not use them uh it says it literally says on hhs.gov that attorneys that have protected health information do and and are required to have a business associate agreement in place with them so it's important that you get those in place because uh, even if you're doing everything right, uh, you know, you have encryption and you're saving it in the right spots. If you don't have a business associate agreement in place, they will fine you for that if you get caught. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was one case, I believe it was in Texas. It was a hospital. Uh, they had like a contractor and they were doing everything that they were supposed to, except they failed to sign the business associate agreement and they were mm-hmm. fined for just that and it wow. seems ridiculous but like uh, in HIPAA there are really two things that are super important and that's the risk assessment and the business associate agreement um, yeah. so those things have to be done um, but is yeah is there an app for that? There, there probably is an app for that but that's it we made it through um, There, that that's like super quick yeah. right and if you need help comment uh, leave questions, mm-hmm. sign up for a free consult on our website. We're here to help. We've been through this hundreds of times uh, and, and we're, we're here to support you. Yeah. So and been through it personally as yes, well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully this is helpful. Again, leave comments, questions if you have any. Um, and if there are any parts that you would like us to elaborate on, we can certainly do that in another podcast. Uh, but have a wonderful day. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to learn more about 3Pi Squared and the products and services that we provide, please go to www.3pisquared.com. And if you enjoy our podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe or add it to your favorites. This way you won't miss any episodes. And you can also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn by searching 3Pi Squared. Thank you so much for listening.